And we're excited because we're kicking off a brand new collection of messages that we're calling Lucky in Love. This is going to go till St. Patrick's Day week. And what we're going to be doing, talking about, uh, is uh, based in Genesis chapter 24 through 26. And so starting next week, we're going to be kind of looking through those passages of Scripture at the love story, in our opinion, one of the greatest love story in Scripture, stories in Scripture, and that is the love story of Isaac and Rebecca, his wife. It's a special, beautiful story. So if you want to read up, you could for the next five weeks be reading through in your devotions, Genesis 24 through 26. Of course, we're going to be honing in on romantic relationships and marriage and dating and being engaged. And yes, we're going to talk about sex because A, it's awesome and B, it's important. <laughs> and uh, God has a lot to say about it. Right. Uh, but we're also going to be talking about principles that are going to be helpful for every sort right. of relationship. Right, all relationships. I, I know that there's conflict in, in most relationships that we have. And so being able to navigate and learn what it looks like to, to be um, a Christian in a relationship and to love people and to prefer people and to honor people. And I think what Levi said about reading beforehand is really a great idea because you'll have it in your heart as we enter into it and it'll just be, um, even God will speak to you something different and then we'll highlight something different. And so I would really encourage you to do that. Yeah, and to start off, you know, uh, before we can get to Isaac, we have to first talk about Abraham. And Abraham was his father of faith, this person that looms large in the Bible. But he was really old when God gave him the promise of having a baby. He was 75, and his wife wasn't much younger. And it wouldn't be 25 years until Abraham was 100 and Sarah was 90 uh, that they finally had this baby. The reason I bring that up is because as we begin this new collection of messages, it's heavy on our heart that for some of you, the idea of you ever finding someone feels just as impossible as a 100-year-old having a baby. And for others of you, the marriage that you are currently in, for it to ever thrive and flourish and be the thing that God wants it to be in your life, which is a source of blessing and vitality and a, a weapon of evangelism in God's hand, that might feel equally impossible. Mm. And we want to extend hope to you and encouragement to you. And so to enlist uh, some friends in that endeavor has been our goal here. And so we are so excited to welcome to Fresh Life for the second time, uh, Tim Tebow. And for the first time, his wife, Demi Tebow. Welcome to Fresh Life Church. Thank you so much. We're we are so excited, Fresh Life. We just want you guys to know we love your church. We love your pastor. Jenny, we love you. Um, you guys are amazing. It's an honor for us to be here, especially on Valentine's Day. Come on now. We're excited about it. And we're excited to be with family. you. Yes. I just adore all your kids. They're just so sweet, and they just bring so much light and love into every room, and just what a beautiful campus this is, too. Oh, that's awesome. We walked yeah, in. Well, we thank you for having us, for real. Thank you. We're so grateful. You guys have become good friends, and we've we've come together quite a few times for meals and talking, and we, we text and FaceTime all the time. You guys inspire us, encourage us uh, greatly, and we love being around you. So we thought this would just be a great way to kick off, because I love the idea of a conversation and the chance to, to share stories. So you guys just recently hit a pretty important benchmark, and that is one, one year, year. One of year. marriage. <laughs> so, you know, we, come on. You know, we so pretty much advice. seen it all now. <laughs> yeah, so no. we're, we're sort of experts that in the game. Really you in, you're a year in, so we want you to tell us all the secrets and tell us the whole thing. First of all, I just want to say, probably after week one or two, you might have some girls out there that are like trying to give water to some camels out there That's after right. they read the yeah. story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, it's right, true. Right. That's a Bible joke for 500. You must be homeschooled. All right, so. Uh, uh, homeschool jokes to start. Shots fired early on in the conversation. Yeah, right. oh, well, let's talk about man. this. You know, looking back uh, on your, your first year of marriage, uh, obviously a good portion of that being pandemic and COVID. quarantine and craziness. What are some of the high, crazy, beautiful moments and memories just when you think back on, on that year of marriage? Well, a lot of people, they're like, hey, you know, what's it like being married in COVID? And I'm like, I don't know what it's like being married not in COVID. So we got that going for us. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, spring training got shut down and 
I was home and Tim surprised me coming home and I was, you know, obviously just I called did, I didn't so even let her know. He didn't I let me know. Up. He just so packed everything and came home and I was, obviously I was so I'm happy. Home. He hit you with a baseball bat coming around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully not. <laughs> Um, and it was just so special just getting, I mean, thinking at the time we'd have, you know, four, maybe five days together, you know, next week we'll go back into everything will be normal again. And then, okay, wait, maybe in two weeks time or next month. And then it ended up being a whole year. And we all know how that story goes, but it's just been so special as newlyweds to really have so much meaningful time together. Mm -hmm. I mean, we really didn't have an option not to have a lot of time together. And we didn't really have a lot of time together in dating, especially yeah. when we were engaged. Yeah. Exactly. So there was still a because whole she's lot. in New York and you're York. all over the country. Yes, right. Yeah. And then when she goes home, she's in South Africa. Yeah. You know, and time so zones. that's an easy drive. Yeah. Time zones. <laughs> it's about similar to getting to Montana. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually accurate. Once you get off the dog sled, you get onto the, the plane. And it's very nice. Now, yeah, that's that's uh, a good point. You guys, uh, a lot of your relationship and courting and all that was long distance. Yes. So maybe a little bit just to, for those who maybe haven't heard. Uh, the story of how you met, and, and maybe perhaps, Demi, as well, some things that you learned good and, and hard about being in a long-distance relationship. I'm sure many people listening can relate, and any advice you would have, perhaps, for, for those who are in a long-distance relationship? I think to start off with, Levi, being from South Africa, I never watch football or baseball. We, we play rugby and cricket there, okay? So, um, and we're pretty big in rugby and cricket, so never watch baseball, football, and, and he's kind uh, of a big deal in both of those. So I mean, I mean, I've yeah. I've heard. I've heard so. hey. <laughs> Anyways, I I knew Tim as the Night to Shine guy, and we actually just wrapped up Night to Shine um, this past week. Yes. And Night to Shine. And is we want to thank you guys for hosting three Night to Shines. Yeah. We're so grateful. Yeah, thank you so much. So great. There's, there's not a more special, beautiful thing on the earth yeah, than Night to Shine. Yeah, we'll talk more about that in a little bit. Right, but yes, but long amazing. story short, Night to Shine is what brought Tim and I together. I had a sister with special needs, and um, she was invited to be a part of Night to Shine in South Africa um, a couple years ago yeah. before she, she passed in 2019, but she was a little matchmaker, and, and Night to Shine it was just so special getting to meet through something that we both have such a deep and sincere passion for, and I think that's something that really drew us together. Mm -hmm. um, and I just set a, a firm foundation for us. And she was like, hold on, you want my sister to go to what? You know, <laughs> a prom, what do you mean? What? Probably want my 10-year-old sister to go, you can send me all the details, here's my email address. <laughs> and then our first phone call was two hours, 24 minutes, and six seconds. Yeah. And six Aww. seconds. And six. Not that anyone was counting. Not, yeah. you know, no one was counting. But it, so we had never met in person, so we were going back and forth, and then we're having a, these phone conversations, and then texting, and, and, and so I'm just like, and she's like, well, I'm about to go, you know, she's Miss Universe, and she's like, I'm about to go for seven weeks to seven different countries, and I'm like, you know what, some like jerk prince is gonna like sweep her off her feet <laughs> on one of these countries that she's going to. I can't pronounce half of them and I'm like, you know what, I gotta ask her on a date. We gotta be a, find a way to meet. And so I had, she was traveling sort of near where I was playing and I was like, if I finish a game, you know, early on this night, I have a couple of friends, so it's not just one-on-one, -on -one. we'll have multiple people there if it makes you feel comfortable, because I was like trying to take away every variable of why she would say no, you know? And I said, they can, they'll pick you up, we'll, as, you know, friends, we'll be able to meet, you know, be super appropriate, and so she said yes, and we met, and it was over. It was on our first date, group date, he yeah. told me he thought he just had his last first date. Wow. <laughs> True it's a story. Good line. Any, any gentleman looking for a good line, I would just Google that <laughs> or type that into your chat or something like that. Just file that away. I just had my, I think I just had my last first date. Yes. Oh, Drops mic. Yeah. But it was so oh, yeah. true. That was for both of you. You both felt oh, that yes. at the same time. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. And Honestly, we probably would have gotten engaged way sooner, but... How long did you wait? Um, well, eight, we, nine. eight, nine months, months yeah. yeah. But part of that was because I had to wait till baseball was done and find a way to get to South Africa to ask her parents, you know? Yeah. No, and something that was really important to both of us was... Yeah. He, your family is pretty spread out all over. Your sister is missionary in India, and my parents are back in South Africa. And we just felt that it was really important Super for important. us to meet all of each other's family and get to know them and spend time and with them. And it was them. really and important for me to honor her parents by getting to know them and asking for their hand, not just on Zoom or on FaceTime or on a call. 
and, but in person. And I did make it easy on him because I come from two homes. My parents were uh, divorced when I was really young, so he had to ask so I'd two ask moms four people. and two dads. Yeah. <laughs> on opposite it's like ends of the country. It's like Groundhog's Day, oh, just again sure. and again and, and again every and time again. I'm coming up with a new lie. Oh, like, yeah. in, by time, at, at the end, I was like, uh, me and your dad are going to go get ice. She's For like, an hour. Got, I'm what? like, the ice you know? is melted yeah. by the time you, you get back. you got to find ways to get away, you know? <laughs> we're in a little farmer's market, made me go buy 10 pancakes. I'm like, you don't even eat That's pancakes, yeah. When I asked Jenny's dad for permission to marry her, we were at Disneyland, and we were, I finally worked up the crew. Jenny had a migraine, went back to the hotel, and we were in line for a ride. And like I would get like the nerve to ask him, but then the line would move, and I'd go, and he wouldn't be there, and he would be it, like he had moved to the next stanchion, and it happened like three times. But like, then, aren't you a little? Isn't it a little weird if the people in front and back are listening? And you everything's know, like, weird about asking, <laughs> it's, but it's important. I, I honestly think it's was cool. super excited about it. Yeah. I really was. I was like super pumped because I just loved her so much and I was so confident, so certain, but I truly, I don't know, I like, I looked forward to it because I, I knew her parents pretty well, but not, not super well because we didn't get to spend a lot of time being in South Africa, but I was so excited. I knew I was going to love them more because they helped raise this. And I just was excited about, you know, trying to honor them, even with the way that I presented my words to them and why I wanted to and how excited I was. And I was just hoping I could get that out clearly so that they could see just how much I cared about her. You know what's so beautiful about that? Such a good example, both of you, of asking our parents, because I think that that is a tradition that's kind of slowly being lost, but that's something that is so important. And like you said, you're... Like, it's such an honor thing, like being it able is. to speak to her parents and, first of all, thank them for raising your who you want to ask to marry. Mm -hmm. But I think that that's such an example for young men in our church to, to know this, that this is actually really a special thing to do and important. But I don't think that starts at, at the first time you talk to parents. I think it starts before you ever meet your wife or your husband yeah. of trying to honor them, honor them with your life, honor them so with good. your background. And, and nobody's perfect. We all mess up so many times, yeah. right? And so it's not that you gotta be perfect, but it is saying, you know what, I'm gonna try. Before I met her, I wanted to try to be ready for whoever that was gonna be that I was gonna marry, you know? Wow. I wanted to try to learn to be ready, to be prepared, to be, um, um, obviously, none of us are total faithful, but faithful in the ways of, you know what, I, I didn't want to do certain things, and I didn't want to look at certain things, and, you know, just so I could be able to, you know, give so much of that to her, you know, and, and, and it's, you know, being prepared and, and honoring her wasn't in just in the first time I met her, the first time I asked her to go on a date, or even when I proposed. It was long before I met her, but when I dreamed of uh, of her and um, didn't know her name, but still really wanted to honor her before we ever went on that date or talked for two hours, 24 minutes and six seconds. <laughs> and six seconds. Now, now Demi, what attracted, uh, what were you attracted to about Tim? I mean, obviously he's not ugly, whatever, uh, but um, Marsha, 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 all right? But, but uh, you know, what, <laughs> what deeper than just the, the, the stunning good looks? What, what did you like about him? What, what attracted you about him? You know, Levi, I think it goes back to exactly what we were just saying. It's just the fact that Tim has lived his life in a way of honoring me as his future wife at the time. And um, just knowing how much he cared and how much effort and dedication and diligence and detail he put into everything. Um, and, then, and moving on from just dating to getting engaged, we have a pretty sweet engagement story. You want to share that? Well, I just think in, in Please relations... Please do, so everybody can feel like their engagement was no. awful. Please go ahead. Just... But, but the reason... No, the reason I want, I, I, I'm saying this is just how there's just consistency where it's not just from, um, you know, taking her on a great first date and making her feel special and um, doing extravagant things or buying gifts. It's about that consistency, and I think that really speaks... Thousands of words, you know. That and, and I think intentionality yes. is, is really important, right? I think, one, making your intentions known. And then, two, it is, you know, finding ways to honor, to love, to show that, to care for that person, to um, be able to um, be generous with your life, with your talents, with being stewardship of even that relationship. And, yeah. mm -hmm. and, and it was also, you know, I wanted to give her a proposal that she would be proud of every time she was asked for the rest of her life. You know what? And it was something I wanted to give her, but it was also something I probably in a little bit of arrogance that I wanted to have for me too, if we're being totally honest. But 
You know, it is just like, I, how many times is a girl ask about it? And you know, there's been so many times of even friends and people around me that, you know, they're just like, oh, I just loved her so much. I wanted to ask her. But I'm like, is that what the story that you wanted to tell her family and for the rest of your life, right? Is this is something that, you know what, I wanted to think about when she's telling um, her daughter someday and then her daughter is telling her daughter someday that they're going to be proud of, you know, and, and I wanted to be that intentional. And so for us, we um, being intentional means you're putting a lot of lies into this, true. Um, <laughs> I had to have everybody I in on it. We lied, yeah. we lied a lot. Yeah. Oh, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, a lot. I had no idea. First of all... Well, he got all your family from South Africa, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, this actually started... We're um, working in college football. I had to do the national championship on... It was January 7th. Yeah. And she came with me. And I'm literally on the sidelines doing TV. And we're finishing. And I'm, like, texting, they, babe, they where are you at? They me off and, the sidelines, you know. Yeah, right. Sad. And I'm like, where are you at? And all of a sudden, she's like, well, I'm in one of the boxes up here. And I'm like, what box are you in? I'm at... I'm with the president of Clemson, and it's Clemson playing um, Alabama in the national championship. And, um, and I, yeah, and I, I finally went my way up there, and she knows nothing about football, but they already have her like with oh, uh, orange pom pom and Clemson Paul. I've got the. With the I'm like, <laughs> this is like. I'm one of them now. Oh wow. No, I just oh. mean in the box. No. You gotta be a Gator. Yeah. <laughs> and so, anyways, they're awesome people. And Clemson has hosts a night to shine on their campus. They're, amazing. They're, the Clemson are amazing people. They can be forgiven for all their sins. So um, <laughs> but so we have to take crazy the for the next flight out, to, which was the last flight out, um, to get back to Florida. That day we had our um, Christmas, which was postponed because I was in South Africa asking her parents for their hands. So we didn't have Christmas. So we had our, our family Christmas, and mm -hmm. it's the first time she got to be part of it. And and so we're we're all. Um, um, doing the kids' gifts first, and that was on the 8th, right? Yes, 8th. And then the morning of the 9th, we had our adults' Christmas, and we're giving presents away. And so one of the last presents I give her is a ring. And like a little white box. It looks like I'm like, Timmy, I'm in, my, I'm in my pajamas. I'm like in matching pajamas with your whole family right now. You're not going to propose to me right now. And I'm like, I knew I didn't want to open this box. And it wasn't, it wasn't an engagement ring. No. But it was part of the plan. Throw her off. Think oh, dang, totally if I, if, if I just got a ring, there's no chance I'm getting the ring, you know? And um, Misdirection. Yes, misdirection. And I knew that she was just, you know, she's so smart and clever and figures things out. <laughs> and so I was like, I got to pull all these stunts. And so we, our whole family lied to her and said that every Christmas we have a big Christmas dinner at my parents' house where we all dress up. That doesn't happen. We're usually wearing pajamas. Yeah. I'm you know? stressed out. I mean, I want to, you know, be respectful towards his parents. You have like I'm an like, evening gown? No, no. no, no but I was definitely ordering some stuff online, like yeah. speed shipping, like, trying <laughs> oh to get things. His sisters so, are hyping it up. So we're like, okay, everybody's going to go over there. So they leave. And then I have this um, brand new truck pulled up from one of our friends who has a dealership. Big and, green bow on it. Yes. And I was like, actually, babe, I'm going to bring this over to dad's and I'm going to give this truck to dad. It's going to be a surprise. And so, you know, in her head, I did that. That was also a lie. I wasn't giving it to dad. I 100% knew. I just he, wanted her to think tonight's about dad and that way she wouldn't think it's about her, too. Yeah. You know? I, knew he, I, I knew him well enough to know that if he was going to propose, he was not going to make it about Christmas, his dad, and propose. And yeah. so that was really smart. So we get in the truck, we're driving <laughs> over, and, you know, I have my phone, you know, plugged in the thing it just happens to pull up our favorite song it's oh, called yeah. the, the by, by matthew mole it's called the wedding song it's oh, yeah. awesome great song and so we're driving there and we we pull up and um uh the family's there but they're all hidden and she doesn't know everybody else that's hidden in the house and before we i was like before we go in the house let's walk out to the lake um because the lake's a place where it's been a lot to me it's, it's i have so many memories i prayed there of where i was going to go to college i buried my dog there just buried my last dog there i'd always sit out there and pray and think and talk to god and so we have been out there a few times mm -hmm. before and i was like let's just walk out here i want to show you what i did for dad and, and i'm like no no your dad's gonna he's gonna see the truck and i was like no no he's not gonna go. walk outside and so we walk out there <laughs> And the by the window. time we got halfway, I wanted her to kind of think, wow, this could be different. So there's like pedals leading out to this um, arch, which is built like a photo frame. She's like, are those pedals for your dad, you weirdo? Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was kind of, so <laughs> that's like, weird. I was like kind of taking like my little jacket off, like just trying to, you know, fix it. <laughs> and so we, we get out there by the lake and I have this nice uh, bench that was, um, it's like old wood that's really cool. And I um, get there and I sh share some things with her and I flip it over and it has some important dates of, um, of when we met of that day and forever. 
And then, you know, I tell her how much she means to me and uh, just share my heart with her and get on my knee and, and ask her um, to marry me. And she says yes. And, um, and so then I was like, you know, this would be the perfect time to actually um, put the, play the wedding song, you know? The song so is just like, played the, in the, the song, car. And so I, yeah, so I put play. And so we're dancing. And I know uh, face her a certain way. Her back is to this certain hay bale that's right there. Well, Matthew starts walking out from the hay bale oh singing. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, wait, what? Where is that song coming from? <laughs> this is in your bone. And he's just standing there. Yeah. And us. so we're able, you know, she's like, what? And so we're celebrating. And then I turn her and we're dancing to it, but I turn her the other way. And then all four of her parents come out. And I was like, I wish your parents could be here. And she's like, I know. Then I turn her around and her parents are there. I thought we were just going to FaceTime them. Ugly cry. Oh, yeah. Ugly, yeah. Cries. Ugly And I did the same thing with her friends and then my family and everybody. And what she didn't know, just so her family could experience his, we had hidden mics and everything, and the whole thing was being filmed because it was just something we both wanted was to be able to relive that and experience it. And so it was just um, an incredible um, afternoon and evening, and then we had a party together. And I just wanted to honor her, honor her family, honor her parents, um, to make her feel like a princess in, um, in every way and be happy and proud of the story. And so it's just, you know, so much detail and, and trying to put as much of that into it as we can because, um, you know, I feel like when you love someone, um, going out of your way and being intentional and even when it means it's a little bit harder, a little bit more difficult, uh, that also shows them in a very clear way just how much she means to you or how much he means to you. And um, I think that's very evident in the person that showed it best of Jesus going so far out of his way to show what we mean to him. Okay. And uh, I really believe that we are called to do that um, to the world, but also to um, our life partner. Yeah. All right, we got to say acknowledge. Great proposal. I mean, yes, man, quality. Hey, Jenny Levi Lusco oh. here, and we <laughs> and we want to talk to you about internships. Have we got, got an internship, internship for, for you. you? A Fresh Life internship, and the application window has just opened and will remain open until March 31st. So would now's you, the time. Would you like to spend your summer at Fresh Life Church, exploring Montana, serving God? making friends, maybe meeting someone you will fall in love with and marry, like we did. Either way, we'd love to have you join us. Go to freshlife.church slash internship. That's freshlife.church slash internship. And sign up, apply. Do it. We'd love to see you. And now we're gonna jump back into the message. All right. I have to say, that's part of the story. There's still so much detail yeah. that you haven't shared. So I'm forever grateful for that. And just how, much how about a little bit about the the long distance dating, any of the good, bad, and crazy of that? Oh yeah, I mean. It's super hard. It's hard, you, and then you playing baseball. I would baseball. say dating was easier than engaged. Mm -hmm. And then when it was engaged, it was the added stress of not being around each other, and then figuring out family. Where's it gonna, we're gonna have it in Florida, South Africa, where's it gonna have Planning it? Who's gonna wedding. do all the, everything, planning it? And we're doing a lot of things as that happens. Were there things that helped you stay synchronized spiritually, oh, yeah. any other way during that time? Yeah, I think it, be, the dating engagement part was just really hard just because we did not have a lot of time to be together. Mm -hmm. I mean, you would play baseball and I would you know, come from New York to try and meet you or watch a game and you might be able to catch a breakfast or a dinner or something and then they're off to the next city or whatever to go play. And so that just made it really hard to have good quality time together, which I think is so important when you try and get to know each other. But that led us to have a lot of FaceTime, literally FaceTime on the phone. And that led us to have really good conversations and something that was actually Tim's idea yeah. was to get a devotional. And I went out and I bought two, two of the same devotionals or um, books or whatever. And we each had one and we would Just do it together. set a time, know, okay, your baseball game ends this time tonight at 10.30, whatever, we're going to do a devotional together. And we kept by that until we finished one after the other. Um, and I think what that did, more so than just going through a good book or devotional, it brought up good topics of conversation. Great conversation, really, just to get to know each other. And, and I think, um, honestly, what was special um, in our relationship is, you know, so many people, even early, friends and family would say, um, you know, when they're trying to give counsel or whatever, are you sure you have a lot in common? And I was like, we don't, on the surface, we don't really have a lot in common, mm -hmm. but I do feel like we have a lot in purpose. Mm -hmm. 
and it was really different. We have a lot in calling, we have a lot of purpose, we have a lot in meaning, we have a lot in significance, we have a lot in goals, we have a lot in passion, but we don't have a lot in common. She yeah. loves pageants, I love football, I love baseball. I, you know, I've never really watched a pageant, you know, except for maybe the last second when you're like, what's Steve Harvey gonna do, you know? And, and that was, that was, you know, that, that was the extent, and she had literally never seen a football or a baseball game, had no idea, and she didn't really know anything. She, she truly, for like the first three, four months, she was like, oh, that's the Night to Shine guy. Yeah. You know, she knew me as the Night to Shine guy. I did, and, I really did. Uh, I mean, she really did, <laughs> but it was awesome, because you know what? I didn't want to go to the house and then get on a FaceTime and be like, hey, guess what? I went one for three with the walk. <laughs> I didn't want to talk about the baseball game or football or like, and the stuff in common is fine and it's good, but to me, it's just not lasting. It's yeah. not necessarily purpose-filled. It's not why I'm here. It's not why I was created. It's not why she's here. It's not why I created. So in our first conversation, we didn't really talk about, you know, what I do, what she does. We more talk about what, who, we, who I am, who are you, what, you know, what, what has really formed you, what has formed me, um, and, and more of the passion, the purpose, the calling. And I was like, man, that was so much more of an awesome conversation than it would have ever been, you know, if we went wow. to the same university right. or something. And we and have so I, much in common. We both like the Cowboys. Yeah, like, I just think that's not going to get you through a trial. It's not. Right? I just, yeah, I just think, not. and I, I know I hear a lot and of people. And if you're a Cowboys fan, life's full of trials. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> And I hear so many people that share, and I don't think it's wrong to have stuff in common. I really don't. I think it can make certain things easier, right? But a great relationship is not based on what you have in common. I believe a great relationship is based on what you have in purpose, you know? And I just think they're totally different, right? It, sure, it might, going on a, it might make a date easier, um, if we have more things in common. I like this restaurant, you like this restaurant, you know? Uh, I wanna watch this, you wanna watch this. It, it might make the, the little things in life easier, but the hard things in life are made drastically easier when you have the same purpose, calling, and meaning. And to me, those were just so evident from the start, and I really felt like that's one of the reasons I fell in love with her so fast. And I think to me, I think it's it's easy to teach those little things, right? It's easy to to learn how to like football or to know football or you know, but it's harder to teach someone passion and meaning and purpose. It wasn't even yeah. like it wasn't even like it was something that we tried to talk about. You know, I think that was really cool. It wasn't like, you know, it was just it you know, God out. broke my heart for people with special needs when I was 15, and, and I met a boy in the jungles of the Philippines who was born with his feet on backwards, and his village looked at him as cursed, less than insignificant, and he was a throwaway. And God broke my heart and changed it to say, you know what, no one's a throwaway in my eyes. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, he, he put on my heart to fight for as many people that we call throwaways or we look past or beyond or above. And so, you know what, that changed my life drastically. Well, her life was changed drastically when she had a sister that yeah. was born with special needs. And so, you know what, that was something that drastically brought us together. And then you know what? Um, I was blessed with a little bit of a platform, and she was blessed with a, um, a great platform. And so we wanted to, you know, in that, we were all like, you know what? This is cool, but how can we find a way? You know, it's, it's you know, winning a championship or Heisman's really cool. But if that's all we do, we never change someone's life, right? Wow. Winning Miss Universe and Miss South Africa is really cool, but if that's all you did, it didn't really change someone's life. Wow. But if you take the platform, if you use it for something more, for something greater, for something better to transcend it, now, you tra now you're able to change someone's life, right? right. A, a, a trophy or a crown didn't change anyone's life, but the platform and using it for God and being able to share his story yeah. through that, that has the power to change life. Yeah. I think that's what's so beautiful about how God brought you together around the night to shine. And you every year plan it around Valentine's Day, about this holiday. Why did you choose this time of year to bring Because on Valentine's shine? Day, most of the world um, celebrates a self-gratifying form of love. Mm -hmm. And um, as Christians, I believe that we believe in a selfless, 
serving form of love. It's the agape love that God has for us. And the best definition that I've ever heard is to choose the best interests of another person and act on their behalf. Mm -hmm. That's what Jesus did for us when he came to this earth and he lived a perfect life, but he chose to die a death that we deserve to die. He chose our best interests and he acted on our behalf. You know, I believe that's what we're supposed to do um, for humanity. That's what we're supposed to do for each other. It's what we're supposed to do for the hurting. That's how we're supposed to live our life exactly. is to choose the best interests of other people and act on their behalf. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, how cool would it be if we could find a way to rally people in a time where we're getting so, and I'm not saying that Valentine's Day is wrong. I'm not saying that it's not wrong to be able to celebrate that. What I'm saying is if that is one, I believe that you're going to be missing something in life, yes. right? But when we're able to put him one yes. and next put them and then after that comes us, one, we're going to be more filled because in God's economy, it is, we're more blessed to give than to receive. Yeah. And somehow it actually like works that way, yeah. right? Wait a second. When we give, we actually get. Right. When we share, we have. And it's crazy, but you can't actually do that until you say, you know what, God, I'm going to trust you with this, and I'm going to give up my time, my ability, my resources, whatever it is, I'm going to give it to you and give it to other people, and somehow in your economy, when trusting you, I'm going to actually have more. Mm -hmm. But really, our society says, you know what, if you do this and take all of this, I have more. You can have it. In God's economy, <laughs> I just don't. Right. So maybe I have more at Fresh Life, but not in God's economy. Yeah, it's yeah, awesome. That's yeah. so good. Beautiful. Well, and what I love so much, I mean, we as Fresh Life get the honor of being a part of Night to Shine. And honestly, it's one of the most beautiful things that we get to be a part of in the year. And I just want to say thank you for both of you and your hearts behind what what is happening across the whole entire world. 700 plus events so and all beautiful. looks different a little bit this year, but it's so cool. And uh, yeah, it's, it, that's powerful. Um, shifting gears a little bit, love to ask you this. You know, uh, you guys are from different countries, obviously South Africa and then Philippines and America. So, so you have a lot of cultures coming together. Uh, what uh, complexities and difficulties have there been blending into a new, you know, the Tebow household now with yeah. all those different kind of, this is how we do things. We drive on this side of the road. A lot. <laughs> yeah. What side of the road do they drive yeah. on? No, uh, the other, other one. Side. Uh, the other side. Yeah. The right side. When she, when the she right gets side. mad at me, she speaks <laughs> in Afrikaans. I can't understand it. Yeah. <laughs> I do. <laughs> say something in Afrikaans. It's such a beautiful language. Okay, I'll teach you how to say good day. Okay. Ready? Goeiedag. Goeiedag. Yeah. That's good. Don't spit at me, Lekker. Lekker. Lekker means like, that's good, right? Yeah. 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 Everything's that's lekker. Good. That's awesome. That's cool. You lekker. can really lekker. use it for anything. It's, it something tastes good, something looks good, something's pretty, something's cool. Pretty it's much like how we use sweet or cool or awesome yeah. or whatever. Lekker. Yeah. Lekker. lekker. So good. Yeah. So good. So good. Really good. Mm -hmm. All right. So y'all, when Levi's preaching, y'all can just be like, oh, <laughs> lekker. <laughs> I like it. Put it in the chat. Lekker. Yeah. Oh Lekker. It's L-E-K-K-E-R. Yeah, it's yeah. not the other. Don't, that not sounded liquor. like you are saying something liquor. different. No. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, no, no. It's awesome. Hey, Wait till after, Drew. Hey, but Diva, I think, you know, coming from different just cultures and backgrounds, it, it, there's a way that... He's still on, <laughs> the, I was laughing he's at still him. on the other thing. You need yeah. a moment? No, he's good. He's good. Okay. Yeah, good. <laughs> I think it can make a relationship so much more colorful and um, fun and just learning from one another. And I'm still learning, you know, um, just different foods and sports and And honestly, traditions. places in the U.S. and certain places, how they're different going from, yeah. you know, the South to the Midwest to the West Coast. To Montana, you yeah. know. When I when I won Miss Universe, God's country. Yes, I, I moved to New York the very next day with only my three little suitcases, and like that was the first time I'd ever been in the United States, and I moved here for a whole year. So, culture shock a little bit. Yeah. So <laughs> she flew into Vegas and then went to New York. Yeah. So that's I'm what like, that's what Don't judge the whole country right. based on those two things, though, please. <laughs> What, what was some of the bit. biggest examples of culture shock? Because you know, I think sometimes we're blind to what we grow up mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. And uh, for you coming from, from South Africa, what was it? They were like, oh, that's very different here in this country. You know, I would say growing up in like an Afrikaans culture, because South Africa is um, just such a cool country. We're kind of just like a mixing part of the world. We have 11 official languages, which brings in 11 official cultures and traditions and even religions, you know. So I feel like... Um, something that was very beautiful to me that I learned from just being, you know, based in, in Florida now was just how openly people speak about their faith um, and how proud they are to be 
Christians and to be followers of Christ. And I thought that was really beautiful coming from South Africa, you know, and just having so much, um, just so many traditions and religions. I feel like everyone's a bit more reserved and a bit more respect, not necessarily respectful, but want to take everyone into consideration. So it's not that, that easily spoken about. And um, that was something that I had to work through. You know, the first time someone asked me, um, what can I pray for? for you was when I moved here, when I was 23 years old. That was the first time someone asked me, you know, a, a random person, someone that I not had not met before, you know, and I thought that was just so beautiful. And that was something that I really had to get used to and grow into and become comfortable with. It wasn't something that I was comfortable with at, at first. And um, just, you know, getting to spend time with Tim and just having great conversations about religion, um, just that it makes you more and more comfortable you know, just speaking about it. And um, I thought that was really cool. You know, something that was so cool er, earlier last year, um, the Tim Tebow Foundation have, have a yearly retreat. And one of the things that um, that you spoke on to me was how to share the gospel. And I thought that was so cool. And you did such a great job on that because it's not something that everyone is always comfortable with doing because one, you might not know how, um, or you're just really uncomfortable with approaching people. And I know you actually have a really cool... Well, that, that was, you know, something COVID had hit. And so we're doing so much on Zoom and our team's all over the place. And some are in person, they're spread out in the building and some are on Zooms. And, and so we're having a really deep talk with our team. And our team, so I mean, they just love the Lord and they're like committed to serving. And we got an amazing team at the foundation that love helping people and serving people. But through a long conversation, just happens to come up. And I was like, you know, somehow we brought it up. And I was like, you know, everybody, just... Raise your hand if you would feel comfortable right now, regardless of the situation, standing up and presenting a clear gospel presentation. I mean, it's people that love the Lord and are so ready to serve. And it wasn't necessarily the majority of the room. And you know what? I went back and I was kind of ashamed. Not at them, but at myself, because I had never brought it up. And you know what? I believe that we are... We are told to be prepared for the hope that we have in Jesus, yeah. right? right? And, and be ready to give a reason, right? right. But so many times we, we always say that, you know, uh, be ready to give an account or be ready to give a reason for the hope. But we forget to be prepared. You see, being prepared, right, is when you get ready for a sermon, what do you do? You go read, you practice, you prepare, you talk it out, you do something. Throw you know up. what? Yeah, yeah throw up, you know? <laughs> When, when, when I would get prepared for a game, let's say we're playing in a national championship, I would spend hours and days and weeks and months preparing for that moment. You pretty much prepare for your entire life for that moment to win that national championship. It means so much. But that's just the game. You know, in, in getting ready to propose to her, I prepared that for months and months and months. I got a jeweler and I found a ring from South Africa and I got my whole family and friends involved in, in lie after lie to yeah. be able to set it up, right? And it's for a good thing. It's yeah. for a noble thing. It's for an honorable thing. It's to, to honor her. That's not a bad thing. Trying to win a championship's not a bad thing. But what we're talking about is the moment when we get to clearly share the good news of the gospel, right. which is the best message in the history of the world. Right. Yeah. In a moment where it could be that time where someone makes the choice to say yes to Jesus, and they go from darkness to light, they go from dead to alive, they go from lost to son or daughter, yeah. it will be the greatest moment in the history of their life. Yeah. But we don't prepare. Wow. Jeez. And you know what? So when we had our retreat, our retreat was on first going over what's our God, what's our job, what's God's job, you know, going through it, presenting. And then, you know, we, we took turns on, you know, on our team presenting the gospel. And then we talk about it, you know, because we want to be prepared. We want to be prepared when we're sitting on a plane and someone asks you, you know, why do you wear that cross necklace? We want to be prepared when you're in a taxi cab and someone says something, right? We want to be prepared for the moment. We will always want to be prepared not to tell our story, but to tell Jesus' story. We always want to be prepared. And you know what? We can practice and be prepared, which we're called to do, but we also have to know 
that in that moment that God is faithful and he's going to show up. And when we share his word, that God's going to do something with it. We might not always see the results, but we can have faith that our God always shows up and his word's not going to return yeah. void. Yeah. But you know what? It's not going to return if we don't say it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So my model of the story is we, we get in the infrared sauna and practice all the time. <laughs> no, honestly, we get in the infrared sauna one night and it's like our, one of our nightly routines yeah. and we love it because it's just... That's a cool, quirky thing though. Is, you guys, that's weird. fun well, marriage time together though. Yeah. It is. And it's honestly, some of these are the weirdest, but it's the best. It like, is. The, the pool, the hot tub, the sauna is where we have our best conversations. Well, really what happened was we usually pick out like a series that we watch together. And so I think we finished the series. We couldn't find another, another good one. So we're like, okay, let's practice how to share the gospel. <laughs> so. oh, actually, it, actually, she brought that up to me. And I was just like, it's kind of one of those moments. I was like, yeah, of course. <laughs> like, that was... So awesome. So, you know, she just was practicing presenting it to me. And then we were talking through it, and it's like, you know, what are the things, if, if you have a short that you leave yeah. out, that you bring in? What are I left Jesus through? in the grave a couple times. Oh, yeah, you don't do that. <laughs> don't leave him in the grave. Heroes! Yeah. He's, he's got to get him out. Got to get him out. Man, okay. That's, that is precious and beautiful and powerful. Um, we, Jen and I were talking about questions we wanted to ask you. One of the things we thought of is, you know, team dynamics, people dynamics, relationship dynamics outside of just yeah. the romantic ones. Yeah. You know, Demi, Miss Universe, pageants around the world. Then what I didn't know, and you told us when we were hanging out on, on a trip once, was that afterwards there's a whirlwind global tour where you have to go with all the different winners from all the different countries and, you know, represent. And then, of course, Tim, you know, with the, uh, the different football teams you've been on, baseball teams you've been on, lots of relationships there. Uh, have there been some things you've learned about conflicts and dealing with difficult people? Both of you, we'd love to hear you speak to that. Just from, man, some people are just harder than others to be around and to talk to, and maybe some things you've learned dealing with difficult people and conflict in relationships. Yeah. Levi, I think um, having met a lot of people and you know had the privilege of, of traveling quite a lot and experiencing so many different things, I've, I've kind of learned that you know you get to choose who you allow to speak into your life. But you, you get to choose, and that's really cool. But the really cool part is that you get to choose who speaks life into your life. And I feel like since I made that choice, a whole new world opened up for me. And yes, you know what? Some of my, my friend, friendship groups might have gone a little bit smaller, but the handful of friends that I have today, I know are the ones that... To be really honest, I actually only met them after after we got married, and they they probably would have been my bridesmaids. But I know that they they are the ones that will be there through everything. That they are sincere and truly care about me, have my best interests at heart. And um, how cool is it that you get to choose those people to be in your life? And it might just be two or three or four people, but just make sure that the people that you choose to allow to speak into your life, that they speak life into your yeah. life. I think what Demi is really referring to is that, that small group of people that you trust, right? You trust when she sits down at coffee and she wants to talk about, you know, whatever, we had a fight or, you know, um, how to deal with this or, you know what, I'm reading this in scripture, but I don't understand it. Let's talk yeah. about it. You know, those people that um, that you were, you were willing to take their advice, you know, and that's mm-hmm. something that's really important to us is we just believe Proverbs is, he who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm, you know? And um, you know, in a multitude of counselors, there is wisdom. And those are two proverbs that we just hold on to dearly. And so, you know, that's why, you know, it's a tough decision, you know? You know, I've called you many times. Hey, what do you think? Because I want to ask wise people um, what they think. And we really want to do that in that, that small, um, intimate group, have wise counsel. Um, we want to walk with those people. But then I think there's the other side of also us pouring out. You know, and that looks very different, you know, is that's also um, something that we um, really um, try to be focused and intentional on. We talked about intentionality earlier, but is even in those little moments, how could we be intentional in the relationships? Maybe it's just shopping at a Publix or it's around or it's an airport or it's with even friends is um, that person, you know, you might not share your most intimate details with them, but I can still share something that could impact them. And so many times we wait till they're super close to us till we try to invest in them, you know, and 
you know, just because they're not close in your inner circle doesn't mean that we can't love them and care about them and share with them. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really a balance of trying to balance both of those of, you know, um, not letting social media or all these other things, you know, speak into us, um, but still using that platform to speak into them, you know? And it's like, hey, one side, we're turning on. The other side, we're turning off, you know? And I think that's really, really important because if not, then you're going to get a lot of cluttered information, especially for all the young people today, is you're getting so many people that are trying to tell you who you need to be, who you need to listen to, how you need to look, all these different things. And flat out, let's just be honest, most of them aren't right. Because there's only one person that's opinion you need to value, Mm -hmm. but above all the rest, and that's God. And it's very clear how he feels about you. It is very clear. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are created in love, by love, and for love. He has an amazing, great, and actually in Christ Jesus, he calls you a masterpiece. And said, before you were ever born, he wrote a poem about your life that is a masterpiece for good works for you to do. That's how he feels about you. So when you look at social media and you think, oh, you know what? I wish I was taller like this person. I wish I was shorter. I wish I had more Super Bowls like this person. Tom Brady. I wish I had... Oh, no one does. It's cool. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I wish I, you know, had Levi's hair, whatever it is, then you're not actually saying, you know, one, I'm not actually mad at Levi. What I'm actually saying is I'm mad at God. Wow. Because God, I wish you would have made me different. Wow. But you know what? We can trust God because God is a perfect God that's never made a mistake ever. Yeah. And he definitely didn't make a mistake on you. So you can trust God that, you know what, I'm not a mistake. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Like, he knit me together. Like, he loved me so much that he chose to design me exactly the way I am. So I don't have to let in all those other voices that say, you need to do or be or this or that. No, no, no. Listen, I'm going to listen to his voice about my life. You know, I'm going to listen to his call on my life. Well, I would love, before we close, uh, well, I mean, first of all, Jenny and I are so grateful. Thank you for sharing with our yes. church. Thank you for sharing your beautiful lives. Yeah. And what an encouragement to all of us. So thank you. Thank so you for what you guys do for this state and all around the country, all the people that listen to you guys. And you're writing your book. I know what an encouragement it was to Demi. Oh, yeah. And um, it's just so cool to see your impact. And that's why we're grateful to be here with you. And we just know God's going to use you to do so many um, more amazing, great things because you guys have just been so faithful and also driven, you know? So driven. There's, I would love, uh, well, that's so kind. You guys are precious. Um, this camera right here, maybe someone watching uh, at home, I just had in my heart as you guys were talking, someone who's listening to this all, and they're like, that's great, but... You know, maybe they just feel super discouraged this Valentine's Day, maybe with their love life, or maybe they don't know Jesus. I would just love to give you guys just a few minutes. Just talk to that person who feels either far from God or far from love and just encourage them. And if you wouldn't mind, one of you, maybe Demi, I'd love to have you pray for, uh, for, for us all to close this time out together. Yeah. You want to go first? Yeah, I can. Yeah, you I would just say to that person watching that's thinking, I don't know when that person is going to show up. And you know, there are times for me that I, you know, I was like, dang, God, I really, like, come on, I don't want to wait, you know? Mm-hmm. And I really didn't. <laughs> but at one, I'm so glad that I waited for her and um, so grateful at, that Demi's in my life. But I want to encourage that person that feels like you're waiting on God. And yes, you might be waiting for that person, but you're not waiting in general. Mm. Right? No, it's, 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 it's totally wrong when we hear people talk, and they probably said it to you, of you just need to wait and be patient. No, I don't believe it at all. You don't need to wait, and you don't need to be patient. You need to wait for that person, but in life, you're not waiting at all. You're going after your passions. You're pursuing God. You're pursuing being prepared for what God has in store and the person that has in store. Listen, you're not sitting on the sidelines. You're playing the game, but eventually, you're going to have a teammate in that game. So it does change the game a little bit, but it's not like you're going from the sidelines onto the field. You're already playing the game. So we need to have that mindset of, no, I'm preparing, I'm pursuing what God has on my life, what God has called me to, the purposes, the passion, the meaning. Like, that doesn't necessarily change when you have someone else step onto the field because you've been preparing for when that person comes and they show up. So you are not waiting. You don't need to wait. You're playing a game. 
Go compete. Go be the best. Go run with endurance. Go pursue what God has for you. Go pursue what's on your heart. Don't say, oh, you know what? When I get married or I find that person, then I'm going to go do all these things. Mm -hmm. No, because maybe God's preparing you so that you're ready when you meet that person so that you can be prepared for that moment. But don't wait, and you're not waiting. And I believe that God has something amazing in store for you. And that's not because I'm just trying to hype you up. It's because I believe that's scripture. I believe that's Ephesians 2.10. I believe in Christ Jesus, you're a masterpiece, and there are good works for you to do. And it doesn't mean just when you get married. It means right now. And then you also might be able to do really cool things together of good works when you're married. But you can be prepared for that moment now. And you can do those things now. And then when you have that other person, then it's even more special. Because you do get to share your life. But you don't get to start your your purpose when you get married. Your purpose started when you were born. When you were fearfully and wonderfully made. When you get married, then you just get to share your purpose with someone else. And yes, it's special. But you also get to experience special and purpose and meaning before you meet that person. So true. And Timmy, I think just to add to that, I think, you know, before we met, I was pretty content with who I was. And I was just having the the greatest time and getting to travel the world. It was awesome. And yes, I wanted to share all of that with with someone, with my life partner. Of course I wanted. Um, But, you know, what was so special when I met Tim not for one second did he complete my life. When he came into my life, he did not complete my life. I was happy with who I was before we met. And therefore, Tim only added and added and added so much to my life, so much meaning, so much purpose, so much to share. And I thought that was so special. I think, um, you know, in in a season of singleness, we can be so discouraged just, you know, not knowing where that person is that you might spend your life with. But I think... That's such an important season um, to create good friends, to create good relationships. Because I also think once you're married, it's so important to still have those relationships because you can never put all of your joy in just one person. Um, And that ultimate joy comes from Jesus and comes from God. And I think if you're able to establish that in that season of singleness, that is so awesome. And I think that will only add to a marriage. Um, I know it did to our marriage. And that's something that I'm so grateful for, that I wasn't just sitting waiting for my husband um, to complete my life, but to add to my life. And I thought that was really special. So yeah, that's just a little bit of of encouragement from my side. Mm -hmm. Would you close in prayer and pray for anybody maybe feeling far from God or uh, needing encouragement this Valentine's Day? Mm -hmm. Be amazing. Dear Lord Jesus, we just thank you so, so much um, just to be together that we get to be here with Jenny and Levi and this amazing um, community, Lord. Um, Thank you that we get to celebrate love, um, love that you created. You created us in love, by love, and for love, Lord. And we know that um, you know the plans that you have for us, plans for hope and a future, Lord. We know that you have knitted us together in our mother's womb and that you have created us so special and that you have picked out the perfect person for us. Lord, I want to pray for anyone that feels lonely in this time, in the season of singleness, Lord, that they will find their joy and their confidence and their love in you first, Lord, before they find that in any other person. And when they do, Lord, I pray that they just be able to share that and contribute to each other's lives, Lord. Never trying to complete each other's lives, Lord, because you are the one and only that can do that, Lord. Lord, thank you so much for just creating us so specifically with so much intent. We praise you and we honor you forever. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, you guys. God bless you. Appreciate it. God bless you. Thank you for having us. Fresh life. We love you guys. Thank you.